On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people for God's glory and your good. We love to connect you with people you may be very familiar with and people you've never heard of before. We all have a story and we believe there is power in telling them and in listening to them. We are your hosts, Emily and Beth Ann. And this is the Glory Tellers Podcast. Welcome to season four, Faith in the Workplace. The idea behind the season is to share stories that show what it's like to be a Jesus follower in different work environments. As Christians, our faith informs what we do and how we do it. What does it look like to work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people, as Colossians 3.23 commands? Tune in every two weeks when we highlight what that looks like in different fields, from stay-at-home mom to contractor to farmer. We know that you will leave those episodes with an encouraged heart and the tools to help you live out your faith in your own workplace. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Garrett and Crystal Miller with us. Garrett and Crystal are a farming family, and that's just what we are going to talk about with them today. When thinking of someone to talk to about farming as an occupation and how their faith is an integral part of it all, the Millers immediately came to mind. I actually babysat for Crystal and her siblings when they were little, and I was in middle and high school, while her mom worked as a nurse and her dad worked on his family's farm. We went to church together back then and now attend church together as adults. I've gotten to know Crystal and Garrett better through small group and home group, and it is a joy to be their friend and have sort of a front row seat to watching their family grow. There are many families in our communities that envelop the life motto of faith, family, and farming. We are so excited to get to talk to this one today. I just love them and know you will too. So without further ado, welcome Garrett and Crystal. Yay! Welcome, guys. Hello! I personally love that we're having more men this season. Yeah, we are. We're, we've had, well, we had Scott, my brother, mm-hmm. and now we have Garrett, and then we have another man yeah. with the next interview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, welcome, Garrett. I, I love that <laughs> we have some men on here. So, we're excited <laughs> to hear from you, too. Yeah, I felt like we did go through, like, maybe even a couple seasons with, like, zero. All, <laughs> all women. <laughs> we, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, um... So we just want to start out with you just telling us a little information just about who you are. So who are Garrett and Crystal? Okay. Um, well, thanks for the sweet introduction. I'll kind of introduce our family and then I'll let you introduce what we do <laughs> farm okay. Um, But we are located in Southern Indiana. We are both raised here and we'll probably live the rest of our lives here. Um, and we were high school sweethearts back when we were juniors so that's back in 2009 so we've been a couple um for a good while we've been married for going on six years um we will soon have a little two-year-old in march and we are um that her name's kyler and then we are expecting another little girl um in april so we are looking congratulations forward. thank you yeah we're pretty excited yep. so. she's due on easter sunday right oh, cool. yes yep, yeah yep. that is her due date so, so it's coming up very soon yeah it is you want to go ahead and i guess go ahead and introduce the farm and what we do <laughs> yeah let's hear about the farm so we row crop about two thousand acres um and then i also sell seed for pioneer hybrid and some chemicals on the side. Uh, we used to have some cattle and stuff, but we've kind of focused more on the grain side at the moment. 
Okay. I might want to explain the grain. What type of grain do we grow? <laughs> yeah, we uh, raise corn and soybeans right now. Um, wheat in the past, but have not raised that for several years. Okay, yeah. You should have seen Emily's face when you said 2,000 acres. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a city girl. Well, I am so interested in farming. I, first, I think just because it is such a lifestyle. I mean, you live it and breathe it when you farm. And so the farmers that I meet are some of the hardest working people I have ever met. Um, I'd like to know what what started this? Did you go to school for agriculture? Is this a family generational farm thing? Like how did farming start for you? So my dad and mom farmed and then his parents farmed and then his, (laughs) so my grandpa's dad and mom also farmed. So it's a, I'm fifth generation on this farm. Um, When I was younger, I really didn't, it really wasn't a huge interest. I was just around it. And then as I got older, it just drew me in. It's it's a, a lot of people talk about a it's a passion that not everybody has and uh-huh. feel like I directly have it. There's nothing else I want to do for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And then, Crystal, are you um, as involved in the farming as Garrett? I definitely try to be. We're especially before we had. Um, Kyler and then we were more into the cattle side I did a lot more than after having her and then expecting this one and I also work part-time as an OT so definitely do what I can and we're in a weird transition a weird Mm -hmm. stage of life Um, but it's like you said it's definitely a lifestyle so it's not just oh come home from work at five o'clock and then we have our family life like it's it's ingrained in everything we do so yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah, the friends that I know that have livestock um, or have farm animals that they use for their own families, they can't go anywhere. I mean, they, they're they <laughs> really kind of stuck to their farm. And so they've committed to it and they love it, but there are no breaks. So I, I'm going to have some questions about that here mm-hmm. coming up soon. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you feel like our generation, so I'm speaking for like the 20s and 30s um, generation, do you feel like we have kind of gotten away from that as far as learning how to grow our own food and sustaining things for our family? I, I don't have that. I mean, I, I don't have that, um, you know, generational knowledge, <laughs> knowledge and experience that was handed down to me. And I think that that is kind of common with a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. Like we, my grandmother grew up on a farm and it ended there. My parents did not continue that. So do you feel like that, do you see that or do you, do you feel like more people aren't into farming and agriculture as it used to be? Or is it just me living in the city and what I'm noticing? (laughs) No, no, I agree. I think the biggest thing is just people are just so far removed from the farm, Mm -hmm. like farm Mm -hmm. to table and just their, you know, what they think farming is or what it looks like. And what social media portrays, what the grocery store portrays, like with marketing. It's just, I feel like that's probably agriculture's biggest barrier right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there's just a lot of people just don't know. It's just, you know, lack of education and, you know, you're not around it. A lot of people aren't even exposed to any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even, I think even farmers themselves, if we had a situation where we had to raise our own food and, 
you know, I don't know if any of us know how to just butcher our own stuff and yeah. grow our own gardens and stuff, you know, which we can all grow stuff. But as far as being sustainable without what we have, we're all removed from that lifestyle, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true with all of our conveniences and easy ways of getting everything. Yeah. Yes. And the conveniences are great. But then when things like COVID or, you know, like these natural disasters and things that happen when all of a sudden your conveniences aren't available anymore, it was a reality check. Like, wow, we can't do anything by ourselves. It's kind of a scary feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, um, Just to backtrack a second, Crystal, I want to ask you about your family history with farming too. What is that? What did that look like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my dad and my grandpa have a small dairy farm. Um, that was, oh gosh, all of my childhood memories involved mm-hmm. that farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandpa had actually started it up and I'm not for sure what generation farmer you would consider. Cause I feel like everyone in this area, mm-hmm. their parents, you know, farm, cause that's how you had to live and survive. So, um, mm-hmm. But he originally started the farm and expanded it, and um, and my dad works alongside him. But my grandpa will be 86 this April and is still milking cows every single day. Um, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, he's um, pretty incredible. But, um, yeah, involved in 4-H, FFA. I mean, both of us were through mm-hmm. since kindergarten in 4-H, and then um it's just it's just farming and agriculture has just always always been a part of our life and I never imagined any life without it really mm-hmm. I love that and did you and Garrett get to know each other better through 4-H too uh, I don't yeah maybe probably where we knew each other more but never really it didn't really expand our relationship much but uh that's kind of we saw each other a lot yeah 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 which was yeah. kind of funny because growing up in a small school and a small, <laughs> very small community, we never really um, crossed paths a whole lot. And it was just, I mean, it was just one of those God things where yeah. we began dating and it's like, oh, we're really similar. We're yeah. actually more alike than what we thought. So Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So we just want to know, like, cause like Emily said, we don't know a lot about farming and I'm from the same area, but um didn't have farming in my life growing up so we just want you to try to paint a picture for us of like what this looks like day to day and I'm sure it varies by season but just what does a a day of work on the farm look like day in the life of a farmer (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely depends on the season I mean in the winter I spend a lot of time in the office and preparing and going through what a crop plan and then working on equipment, getting it ready to go. And then when spring comes, it's a lot of time in the field and equipment, sometimes not, depending on what part of the business I'm running at the moment. Uh, and, you know, spring and fall, there can be some days where I'm in a tractor or at least working 16, 18 hours a day. May never see, if I see Crystal and Kyler, it's I come home and see them and then I may go back out. And it mm-hmm. uh, just depends. Uh, in the summer, a lot of it is keeping things looking good and walking crops and checking for problems. And then with the seed business stuff, checking in with customers and stuff like that. 
Well, so the whole reason why we did this season was to highlight different careers and occupations and how having a relationship with Jesus affects those and how it looks for each individual occupation. So um, each person has had their own take on this. um, And I would just love to hear how having a relationship with Jesus helps you in farming. Does that make sense? Like, how does having your faith help you in this as being your occupation? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's farming is a hard occupation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's uh, a lot of it has to be faith. I mean, we put a seed in the ground and walk away from it and it's got to grow. You know, Mm -hmm. we can do all the planning we want, all the do everything right. And if we don't have the right conditions and we don't, get rain, you know, things just don't, it wouldn't work without it. So you have to have faith that that seed is going to grow and do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It's a, it would be very easy. And I'll have days where I come home worried and things. And I get to thinking of there's not, it's really out of my control. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that faith that he's going to take care of you and give you what you need or what you don't. And Mm -hmm. yeah, when I was thinking about it too, farming just gets you straight back down to basics. I mean, it is, truly God's creation. You are so in the land. He is, it is providing from the soil. And just thinking back to that, that you're putting a seed in dirt and it is growing (laughs) food for people. Like how miraculous. And you experience that every day. I think we take that for granted. Like he provided this land and this soil and it produces food to sustain us to live. I mean, how incredible. And to have that faith of okay like it's gonna be all right it's gonna rain you know things you know the crops are gonna do well I could imagine that that would be kind of stressful thinking Mm -hmm. about yeah 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 Yeah. we have a lot of conversations about especially because I guess like you say the turnover and the results are slow you know they're not immediate and just because the crop does come up (laughs) doesn't mean it's gonna stay up and there's not gonna be you know mother weather's not going to come in and destroy it. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of conversations we have, you know, looking back like, oh, this is, you know, this was stressful then, but look what God did for us there. And it was, it's just cool to look back and see how he's working in everything in all situations. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I hadn't, I mean, I had thought about it, but I hadn't really thought of just how much it is that practice of like I can only control so much (laughs) yeah yeah big time um and so with that like what is living out your faith in this job look like um and maybe to the business side too Garrett with selling seed and stuff like you're a you are a Christian farmer a Christian guy selling this like how does that look different than maybe um someone who you know doesn't know Jesus in the same uh I want to say same business we talk about it a lot. Like we have daily conversations on how we treat customers and how we help them. And, you know, there's, whether it's a financial thing where it's like, Hey, we'll do everything we can to help, you know, or if it's using our knowledge to help them, or if it's just on a personal basis when, you know, like talk about farming being stressful is, you know, we'll have times where customers are down or having a bad year or bad years. Mm-hmm. And using that to kind of just help them through, you know, instead of just, hey, here's a product, go plant it, 
and uh-huh. that that ends that relationship there it's it's more than that and I feel like that having that in in our hearts or in our lives that we can help them in different ways mm-hmm. yeah I feel like being a, like having the Jesus factor in there is is more of like it's you're not really on like a customer client basis. It's more a friend and developing a relationship and really caring about these guys. Cause they're in our community too. They're our neighbors. Um, we're all on the same team. You know, we're not farming can be competitive yeah. <laughs> between mm-hmm. farmers, but um, it's like, we're, we're all rooting for each other and mm-hmm. kind of being that light and that support for them. Um, we've, we've really seen that the last few years. Yeah. We're taking a quick break to tell you about one of our community outreach partners. His name is Tyler. He's a friend of ours, and he is also known as Tidy Dad. Back in 2021, we had a chance to sit down and talk to Tyler about living in New York City with his wife and three daughters and their story of tidying up the physical and mental spaces of their life moving from Kentucky to New York City in the transition that that was. Since then, Tidy Dad has exploded. You may have even seen them on Good Morning America or your own local news segment. Tyler and his family firmly believe that the process of tidying or putting things in order doesn't just apply to the physical space in your home, but also in our habits, our routines, and our careers. So follow Tidy Dad on social media or you can follow him at thetidydad.com for daily inspiration on making space for what matters most. Yeah, it seems like, it, you know, hearing you say that it's competitive, I guess, naturally, it's a business, so it's going to be competitive. But from the outside looking in, it seems like farmers really like to support farmers. Um, and like that seems like a really tight community. So I mean, do you experience that? Like, do you feel like you have a good farming community around you? Yeah, I feel like that there is, we are tight knit uh, for the most part, but there is some cutthroat things that go on that you wouldn't expect. And those things are hard, but that's, that's another thing too, is I feel like that our generation, there's a few younger farmers in the area that are starting to compile in and their their parents are slowly feeding out and I feel like we're closer mm-hmm. that we're not doing that we're not picking on each other we're we're mm-hmm. out in the community together farm bureau boards and mm-hmm. livestock committees with 4-H and mm-hmm. church and things mm-hmm. like that we're all together and uh that that's helping slow some of that down so I, it all goes back to Jesus I think that mm-hmm. I feel like that uh things are go- getting better yeah okay mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah so I guess that kind of feeds into the question we've been asking, like, are there misconceptions about your job? And I bet, like you said at the very beginning, that social media kind of paints a picture of like, look at my beautiful farm that I live on. And it's so amazing. But the day to day probably isn't as glamorous as it's portrayed. You know, Um, do you have misconceptions like that about farming? Oh gosh. Yeah. That's, I think that's where the whole like education comes in. That's kind of, I won't get on my soapbox, but like (laughs) just educating people on what it is, what it looks like. And it's in every aspect, whether it's row crop and using 
certain products on your crop or it's with livestock and raising animals or produce. It's just, it's just education and sharing that and being gentle with the consumer. Because <laughs> yep. um, there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who feel very strongly against some practices and yeah. a lot of it doesn't come from an educated background or they don't have all the knowledge and tools. So um, I feel like that's the farmer's biggest enemy right now, just in general across the U S yeah. Um, what other misconceptions you think? I think farmers being rich is a misconception <laughs> too. They see big equipment and mm-hmm nice pickups or whatever and they think that mm-hmm. this guy's making money and he's just rolling it in is yeah. that right and that's uh far from most farms i don't feel uh make any more than the average person for sure you know not that it can't be done but uh that's definitely one thing what about so what about people who are thinking about going into farming or people who already are farmers um do you have any and I guess we're also talking to people that are already farmers or thinking about going into it who are Jesus followers. Um, do you have any advice for them? I think it's like daily walking, you know, daily communication, um, you know, with Jesus and, and understanding like, you know, everything is the Lord's here on earth. And we're called to be good stewards of the ground that we take care of and the crops and the livestock or whatever it is um, that you do in agriculture. And cause I think it's so easy. Like we've talked about before Garrett and I, that it's, you put so much work into something and it's so easy to get wrapped in like, Oh, look what we did. And it's not mm-hmm. us, so. you know, it's not us at all. And, mm-hmm. and you, cause you put in lots of time and a lot of heartache and a lot of thought. And I think that's the biggest thing is decisions is a decision can make or break your operation. Just, um, and, and so when things work out, you're like, Oh yes, we did it. You know, and it really wasn't us at all. You know, that was very profound crystal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I've never really thought about it that way, but I mean, we do have to like die to self and humble ourselves in every circumstance and something like that. I would think, yeah, I did this. I did this with my hands. Look what I did. But really we didn't pull it up out of the ground. God did. So what a, what a great example. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause we've been talking about this. I feel like in the last six or nine months that keeps coming up in church or small group or whatever, we're like, man, it just feels like the reoccurring thing of being good stewards of what we have and this is a gift the the job that we're called to or where we're at in life is a gift from God and we're called to be good stewards and that's taking care of the very small mundane everyday things to the big things um I have a question that came to mind um that um we didn't prepare you for, but, um, (laughs) that's always always so fun. (laughs) Um, but you know, with the long hours, um, and stuff like that, that, that is a part of it in some seasons. Um, and just, just all of it. I'm wondering about marriage. What, how does this affect marriage Or, or do you have any advice for couples, other couples who, you know, are doing this because I know, I mean, you know, my husband, Sean, has a, a hard schedule sometimes, and 
it's stressful. Like, how do you guys deal with that as a couple? Well, I'm sure it's not easy. I come home and I'm, it's like any other job. You can bring your work stress home with you and then being tired. And so I'm sure it's not easiest to live with a farmer sometimes, (laughs) Uh, but we try to keep things as light as, I mean, we laugh all the time and just, uh, we, we have a lot of fun together and we try to keep it like that. Yeah. We'll have our moments, but, uh, it's, that's the main thing is we just try to stay on good terms all the time. Yeah. And, and we've talked before that even when we were dating, well, really our dates were spent in tractor cabs or in the combine and, and late nights and there are hours of just us sitting there next to each other. So what do you do? You have long conversations and you talk about everything. And I think that's what really just has strengthened our relationship and just, having that opportunity to talk, you know, mm-hmm. while you were working, but, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we probably know each other to the core because we've had lots of time to talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, um, before, now that we have Kyler, she's had several nights with us <laughs> sitting in the combine in the fall or mm-hmm. in the tractor in the spring and she's fallen asleep on the floor and we'll just stay up late and work and keep on rolling. So, Yes, I was actually going to bring that up because I just absolutely love the pictures I see of her, like in the tractor and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so heartwarming. I love it so much. Oh, she eats it up. She's all about it. <laughs> I'm sure she does. She is so, so, so cute. The raising up that sixth generation farmer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, how can we, as believers and people in the community, serve farmers? So, what we've liked to do with all of these professions is flip the tables and say, how can we serve you better? So maybe um, you guys just give some examples of ways that you feel like the community can serve farmers better. Well, the number one thing in the farming community as a whole in the United States is suicide rates. Mm. So one, like 1% of the country is farmers, but we have the highest suicide rate Mm. and it's, it's crazy. And I could see, you know, I don't have that, but I could see where the, the worst days or the worst years could get a person to where it's just like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that I don't know how we can help that, but that's the number one issue I, with the farming community is how can we relieve stress or keep these guys from letting it get that deep? Because it's, wow. it's not talked about. I mean, it's, it's surprising mm-hmm. to hear that, but once you mm-hmm. kind of hear that statistic, you I, I can see it. You you hear stories amongst like farming communities, and it's I think the biggest thing is prayer, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of there's the stigma behind you know depression and anxiety, especially in rural communities. And there's rural communities have not a great access to healthcare all the time, mm-hmm. and um, and you have that older, sometimes generation too, with the stigma. And it's just, it's, it's really, really sad. But it's, I think that's a big prayer would be number one, I think. But okay. that's something that I wouldn't even think about. But of course, I mean, if you've got a, a couple dry years, or if you're alone out there and don't have the adequate help, or I mean, I could, I could see how that would be really isolating too. Yes. Um, yeah. 
what about serving farmers, um, like farmers markets or, you know, buying local? I mean, is there anything like that that you think that people should try to do to support their local farmers? Yeah, I think so. I, I love the farmer's market and um, there's a lot of people who raise um, cattle and hogs and chickens um, for people to go in and, you know, buy their meat. And mm-hmm. there's several of those that have been popping up, especially after COVID. Yeah. Um, um, definitely supporting them. Um, gosh, and just kindness. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of the younger farmers too, well, I, we talk about several times in the spring or fall when Garrett's in the field, he's like, I had a rider today. The neighbors next to this field brought their kids out and asked if they could come ride. And I mean, that just makes their day. I mean, yes. most farmers would love that. Just, you know, it's just, it breaks yeah. up the everyday. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Okay. We've mentioned stress some already, but, and you guys, mentioned laughing together is there anything else that you guys personally do to help combat the work-related stress we're not too exciting people (laughs) (laughs) um especially when it gets warmer I think we, we spend a lot of time with family throughout the year um um we do a lot of cookouts I guess with family um with our parents and our, um, and all the nieces and nephews. Um, but a lot of times it's just spending time together and if, and making work fun, honestly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if there's a job that needs to be done, we all just go in and do it together, do it together. And we end up having a good time. So quality time is my love language. So if I could work like with my spouse and kids together, that's like my life dream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be able to like all of us do it together. I'm sure that it's rose colored glasses. It's not always easy because we own a construction company and do it together, but he is on site and I am at home. So it's not like we are working side by side doing things. And so I'm sure there's challenges, but it also, I would love that quality time. Yeah. Yeah. You both are working, so we kind of wanted to twist this a little bit. Since we have two working parents in one household, we want to kind of shift a little bit and talk to you about that. Um, We've got farming, and then you mentioned at the very beginning that you're occupational therapy, correct? Yes. So how do you guys manage life as two working parents? You have a baby, you have one on the way, you have a farm, you're both working. Like, what does that, how do you manage that? (laughs) Being, oh my gosh, very, very flexible, very flexible. Cause there are days where, I mean, really we don't, we, we plan like definitely we've got calendars. We plan as much as we can, but there are some days we'll all come home and Gareth's like, we got to go do this or I need you to run here and go get a part. Okay. Like, let's just, let's just go and go do it or pack up the kids and, or Kyler now, but it's being very flexible and learning just to go with the flow sometimes. Cause there's a lot of things we can't control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing things by season too. I mean, we got married in the middle of July because we couldn't, get married in the spring or fall because those are busy times. So yeah, um, it's definitely, definitely being flexible. Mm -hmm. 
that one's that yeah that's that's a hard one but yeah um well what about like if you guys wanted to take a vacation how do you do that (laughs) (laughs) with no livestock we we can usually go in the middle of the summer or we could go in the winter too Mm -hmm. um so we try to take one every year and we've been going you know after we usually have to put fungicide on our corn which is usually the towards the end of july and then mm-hmm. after that, it just kind of sits there and waits on rain. Mm-hmm. So we do have some irrigation systems that you have to run or watch. But mm-hmm. if they have to shut off for a week, so be it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there, there's a lot of time involved. But we're kind of in a unique spot because then there's some flexibility where in the middle of winter, in a, and I put this in air quotes, slow time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um we like, well, we can take off for the weekend because we've got a break and we can go do this. Um, and every year we go to the farm show in Louisville, huh. which is um, in February. So that's like our little mini vacation before things get crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question. I think that um, I should have asked this earlier, but then we kind of got off on a tangent. I, and this, this could be like a hot button thing, but I'm going to let you get on your soapbox for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead and get on. Um, (laughs) What is something that you wish the American people knew about farming? Something that you feel like is a misconception. I mean, I know we talked about misconceptions and that's where I'm like, I should have asked this earlier, but what is something specific? Give me something specific that you wish people were more educated about. Hmm. I think for me, it's for GMOs and use of pesticides and things that people think are going to kill them Mm -hmm. that, you know, I want them to realize that we eat the same food. Mm -hmm. We, we actually touch those products in their pure forms, Mm -hmm. you know, which we should use PPE, but we, most of us don't, don't tell too many people, but (laughs) uh, so why would we raise food for even even if our food is just fed to animals why would we feed animals food that's going to harm us yeah why would we raise food to harm you when we eat the same things Mm -hmm. so i think that there's a and yes i will say there are i'm sure there's farmers or corporate farms that abuse those right don't use them properly but most family farms or most farmers want to take care of their ground want to provide good food Mm -hmm. uh it's we're not out to kill people. That's right. definite. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think I the recent statistic is out of all the farms in the U S 98% are family owned. So, wow. you know, they're, they're people just like us with our families, you know, and doing the best they can and being good stewards and educating themselves on how to use products and chemicals and stuff properly, you know, cause we don't want to, we don't want to use them badly either because it puts us at risk you know so right um i think my (laughs) go ahead hey i'm giving you your platform so (laughs) speak the dairy industry is under a lot of hot water and and Mm -hmm. just growing up with the dairy farm and that's just i always had a special spot in my heart and Uh and the whole thing with the antibiotics and the Oh, gosh, I don't even know what they're saying now because sometimes it just gets me so upset. Oh. I don't pay attention to it anymore. But, um, you know, we can't – there's there's rules in place for a reason. So, if, you know, there's a lot of antibiotics they can't use on dairy cattle because um, it gets in the milk or it 
it's just not safe for the consumer. So Mm -hmm. those aren't even, you can't even use those. Those aren't even available for dairy cows. Um, But if they do have to be treated with something, you know, that milk is not put into production. It's taken out because there's a withdrawal period and um, farmers use good practices and keep track of that and keep keeping everybody safe. And so I think marketing is the biggest is what really misleads people because we're all vulnerable and we see those labels in the store when you're buying your meat and your milk and you're like, Oh, well, I don't want to feed my children this, this meat over here that probably is full of antibiotics. Cause it says, or it doesn't say this on the label, but this does. And yeah. mm-hmm. it's just, I think they're using the scare, the fear factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's really, that's just, it's just sad. So if you were out at your grandfather's dairy, would you drink the raw milk? Oh, yes. Is that like you're good with that? You're good. It's safe to drink. Yes. Yeah. That's what I grew up on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I see a lot of people kind of going after is finding local dairy cows and getting raw milk. Like, I feel like that's kind of a new wave of, you know, people are um, coming around to the idea that, okay, well, maybe maybe it's not so bad. I love hearing your side of the story because that's not the, that's not the story that's being told. So. Right. And I think that's where like the new generation of farmers are welcoming people and educating them. Like, yes, come to the farm. Let us show you how we do things. And um, that's where I told Garrett before we, like, we have to remember like when we're explaining things, like our audience has no idea, you know, sometimes. I think social media can be a good platform for agriculture. It's already beginning. There's a lot of YouTubers, I think, that are doing some good things. And I think that that could be a way for to draw the community closer to the outside world, I would say, in a not in a bad way, but, you know, to draw everybody closer so that they can figure out that what we're doing is for good, not for bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a way we can support farmers too is to you know we hear something that we question or whatever and so go ask your person you know that's an actual farmer yeah yes 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 Yes. welcome the questions yes for sure yeah Yeah. and then I I thought of another way that we can help farmers as I was sitting here what (laughs) okay Crystal and Garrett tell me if I'm right I think I am like pulling off on the side of the road when a Big old, oh I mean, you know gosh. what you call them, are coming down the road. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, yes. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> you can tell she's the one that has to lead us because she's the one that got more excited. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because so every time we have to move equipment, it's very wide. And mm-hmm. I mean, it takes up the whole road sometimes, especially mm-hmm. these county roads. So, yes. I'm usually in the front with the truck telling people to slow down with flashers on and and just all these lights and people still just zoom right by. Mm. I have to flag them down and say, you have to pull over. Like there's no other option sometimes. Like, yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't think people realize that if you wanted to pull out of our way and uh, let us go by, we can go 20 miles an hour. But if we have to come to almost a stop and get over in the ditch and worry <laughs> about tearing our equipment up, it's going to take you longer. Yeah. for us to get by you know if mm-hmm. you just let us go or we're, we're out of your way and we're gone yeah mm-hmm. it's safer for everyone but yeah but again, some people just don't understand they just they just don't know so. mm-hmm. yeah well but what what if i'm stuck behind a tractor what do i do then you honk on your horn you tell me <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> well most of us 
are pretty courteous. We try to keep track and look behind us. And, you know, people get mad that we don't pull over soon enough. But most of the time we want to do it somewhere where, or I do, where it's safe for somebody to go around us and safe for us to have somebody go around us. So if we stay in front of you for a while, it might be because it's not safe. Yeah. But, you know, it just be patient with us. We're, we want to get where we're going as fast as we can too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to get to work also. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I see both sides because I've got behind equipment before <laughs> when I'm in a hurry. Trying to get to the field and then the neighbor guy's slowing me down. So I can, yeah. I can uh, see both sides. Yeah. When, when you're in that tractor or that piece of equipment and you're moving, like you feel like you're moving fast. And, mm-hmm. but when you're behind them in a car or a truck, it, it doesn't look that way, but, but it is scary. Cause we've been in some situations before where you're moving quick in the piece of equipment and it's just, you know, you just, it just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think they, I think my dad always said, my grandpa said before everybody got their license, they ought to be strapped to the front of a semi. <laughs> and and have to uh, see what that's like, so that way you know what it's like to have people pull out, pull in out in front of you, yeah, and yeah. things like that. And that way you won't do it to those guys again. And yeah. So yes. it's kind of the same thing with farm equipment. You know, if you had to ride with us one time, it's not much fun going around people. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or being yeah. passed uh, when you can't see. We'll have motorcycles come right beside us, and we'll never know they're behind us and scare us to death. Oh yeah. And, yeah. yeah definitely a way to protect our farmers we can serve our farmers just yeah. slowing down <laughs> yep being patient <laughs> yeah. all right well we have loved this conversation i think we've learned some things yeah, is, there, learned a lot. is there anything that we didn't cover that you can think of that you wanted to share or any just like last thoughts that you would want to send off people with like one last thought about farming i it i do say that it is probably the most rewarding job occupation whatever you want to call it that you could have you know we get to do it as a family even though she still works and but Kyler gets to come see me at my work and Mm -hmm. if uh she has to she can go to work with me some days Mm -hmm. and but we you know we have fields all around our house we can Mm -hmm. I can plant them and three or four days later when I wake up I can start to see cornrows I mean there's not much better than that (laughs) yeah that's true yeah it, it is rewarding and even though it's stressful it's and it's the best place to have a family mm-hmm. it's yeah it's yeah. not all glory but it's pretty good <laughs> I love it I love it all right well thank you so much for talking to us today about farming and faith and we know that people are going to walk away learning something and feeling encouraged and inspired and um hopefully pulling over on the side of the road <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if anything they're gonna they're definitely gonna think twice now yeah <laughs> thank you all so much for your time today Well, yeah. Thanks for having us. We enjoyed it. Of course. It was a fun conversation. It was. Okay. Thank you guys. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the show today. We hope that you have been encouraged by the story you just heard. If you thought of someone that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Please subscribe to review and share our podcast. Do you or someone that you know have a story that we could share? Send us a message at glorytellerspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, don't forget to check the show notes for more resources. Thank you.